pleasure to worship with you this morning. Pleasure to to read the, the lyrics as you were praying. As you were playing, thank you so much. It is also a pleasure to understand that your search committee may be disbanded soon. Uh, <laughs> any amens from the search committee here? Uh, you've. Uh, Thank you, search committee, and it's a pleasure to get into the Word together with you. The, all Scripture is profitable, but there, there's some Scripture that tends to stand out and, and sparkle, and one of the passages is the one we'll be considering today. It's on the heels of the passage of money, and now we're going to be talking about anxieties. And the link is that, that finances and fears of finances are among our predominant worries but not our only ones. The, the basic idea of Matthew 6, and I hope you have the passage in front of you in your bulletins, the basic idea is that, that your worries are living out tomorrow. That's what they see. That's where they live. And they're saying that, that, that the events of tomorrow, the difficult events, they're, they're very important to you, and the things important to you are at risk. And... They are important. Yet here's what we're going to hear from, from Jesus this morning. That the king has come. And, and the king has ushered with him the eternal kingdom that will never fade away. Nothing can stand against it. Death itself cannot stand against it. So the king will never leave you, never forsake you. He cares for you. He hears you. And because he is with you today, and since he is the one who is concerned about tomorrow, you can trust him for tomorrow, and you can practice this skill of living in what is important today rather than tomorrow. This is where he's going to go. The passage begins. Therefore, I tell you, do not... Oh, it's, it's, this is a challenging beginning. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Now... It's in the command form, and it, it seems like it would be a relatively short passage. Don't worry. What else is there to say? But a command is, is, is not necessarily always a command. Jesus uses a similar style of speech in, I think it's Luke chapter 7, when he speaks about the widow who just lost her son. And he says to her, remember, don't cry, don't cry. Which is another way of saying, not, stop it right now. It's another way of saying, I'm here. I'm here. And, and things will be better than you think. When, when we speak to our children and say, don't be afraid. Don't worry. Don't be scared. What we're saying is, is I'm with you and I got this one. I'll, I will take care of everything that you need. They're words of comfort. They're, they're not words of rebuke. And it is essential for us to hear that prominent theme of the Lord comforting you today. And, and, and his, his interest in comforting you is, 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 so, is so intense that he works diligently. You can hear him working to try to persuade you of these larger spiritual realities that are so important, perhaps to begin to outweigh your fears just a little bit. So, it's a passage of comfort. Let's, let's try it again then. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, 
what you will eat or drink. It's talking about basic necessities, but it, basic necessities can mushroom out into any kinds of anxieties. Don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. And then he asks you a question. He says, is not life more important than food and the, the body more important than clothes? What he's saying is your worries, your worries have not included what is most important, the eternal versus the, the temporal, the diamond in contrast to a dollar store trinket. There's, there's something more important. This is, <clears throat> at the same time, he recognizes that the tomorrow can be very, very loud. Where, <clears throat> for example, the, the loud tomorrows that I've heard <clears throat> over the past few days, a medical scan from my wife, where she had the medical scan and they give you the, the interminable two days of waiting to, to get the results. Uh, the, the worries about health insurance, wondering what's going to happen is is we have to start paying our own health insurance, and how could we do such a thing? Worries about finances. Worries about children. Every time my children call my wife, uh, they call me too, but she's the one who answers the phone. Uh, and, 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 and it's quiet for a while, and then my wife says, oh. That immediately at that moment, I, have, I, I, I become incorrigible, and my wife has to tell me immediately what it is that my children have just said because somebody's got to be in trouble. So these are, these are some of, of the fears. And, and the Lord is saying there's something eternal that, that he wants us to see a bit more clearly. And then he goes and he seeks to persuade us. And as he persuades us, he is going to continue to ask questions to, to draw you in to the conversation that he has. And, and, and consider the, the image, something like this, the beginning of Psalm 23. The beginning of Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, shall not want. He takes me to these meadows where there's green spring grass and the water flows clear. This is... Now, now, life will move into hard places. There is no question. The psalm is, is a very realistic psalm. But, but he's, he's, he places you in creation. And it's from that vantage point of his creation that he seeks to persuade you. Let's continue in the passage. Look at the birds of the air. Now, you all know this. What we want to do is we want to enter into it and make it more of our own. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow. They don't reap. They... Don't store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. You've probably seen things like this. I can remember there was, there was a robin's nest in our backyard, and, and we'd keep an eye on it as much as we could, and one of the robins fell out. I guess the robin was pushed out. And here's this poor little robin just, just, just barely can run across the ground and, and trying to avoid the predator. Oh, what? Are there any predators for baby? There are foxes around. We didn't have too many foxes that particular day. But here's this, here's this petrified little bird, and I was, 
I don't know what I was doing, trying to run around maybe to... If I, if, if I got the bird, I don't know what I would have done. But it, it was in trouble. And, and all of a sudden, the bird flew off. 30 seconds later, I find it on the, the wires in the front yard with all the other robins. How could this be? The Lord is, is saying, consider the birds. Consider the birds. And in and, and a, and, and a strategy that you find in other places in Scripture, now he says, look deeper. Look farther in. See a more profound reality. And he asks you a question. Are you not much more valuable than they? The one who cares for the birds, are you not much more valuable than they? Or, or do you think that somehow you are a little less valuable than some of the other more valuable folks? Perhaps you've forgotten that, that you, being an adopted child of himself, was his idea, not yours. It was his pursuit. It was his knowing you in love from the very foundations of the earth. And it is not dependent on, on how, how well you've done or how poorly you've done on a particular day. So the, the question, and perhaps one of the most prominent questions in, in the passage is he's arresting our attention. Look at creation, how he cares for creation. Do you believe that you are more valuable than the birds. Do you believe that? But he's going to continue. You can, you can see he's working diligently to, to speak to us in the midst of our anxieties and our fears. And he's saying, I know your needs and I care for you. And those things that, those things that are at risk tomorrow, I know, I, I know them even before they're on your lips. And I care for them. And he's the king of the kingdom. And the kingdom is firm and secure. We can be sure that he will act in love. The, the passage goes on. Oh, there's another question, by the way. Now, this is a rhetorical question here. And who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? You don't have to answer that one. He's not looking for an answer. But I, I would suggest there is a certain lightheartedness in this. We know the answer. We, the, the image is a silly image, as if, if we can just, just think hard enough, prepare hard enough, whatever it might be, we're going to add another minute to life. There's, there's, a, there's a kind of teasing that only someone who is very powerful, who is confident that he has tomorrow at hand, can, can do. Not bad to have a little bit of lightheartedness injected into, into a, a very significant conversation he has with us. And then he goes. He first talked about the food, and now he's going to, other, going to other basic needs. He's talking about clothes. And why do you worry about clothes? Notice the lilies of the field. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Now there's another question. Is if our, by the way, the, the nature of fears and anxieties is they always race out into tomorrow. <laughs> And they always have to be sort of, sort of lassoed back in. So that's why you have these questions that keep appearing. Come back, come back, listen. Okay, don't, don't, go, don't go into tomorrow yet. And he asks the question. If, if th this is how the Lord clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, 
and tomorrow thrown in the fire, which means it's not that significant. <clears throat> Excuse me. Will he not much more clothe you? Are you not much more valuable than the grass of, of the field? But you see what he has in the, the, uh, the passage? He's not quite done the question. You're more valuable than the grass. But then he, then he makes an observation about you. He says, oh, you of little faith. Oh, you of little faith. In other words, our task here is to grow. It's, it's not going to happen immediately. But our task is to be people of little faith, to people who grow in courage in the midst of the, the dangerous things that may be lurking tomorrow. We had the family stay at our house for, for a while, a few years back, and, and the, I thought I had a really fine relationship with a young boy. I think he was probably three and a half. And we have a little woods behind our backyard. And, and, and so I wanted to go on an adventure with this little boy. Put him on my, my, my shoulders. And we walked outside the backyard and, and into the woods. And, and, and he immediately said, no, I don't, want, I, 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 I don't want to go here. I'm scared. I'm scared. And, and I said, you know, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry because I am with you. And I'll take care of you. I thought it would be a neat sort of bonding time. And then there was, a, there was, a, there was a, probably around 10 seconds where, where there was silence. What I didn't know was he was, he, was, he was preparing himself for the loudest scream that I'd ever heard. <laughs> and, and, and so in other words, he, he, was a, he was a boy of little faith. You know, he liked me and everything, but could he trust that I was going to deal with the boogeymen who were lurking in the forest? But here, here's the fun part about it. Around three months later, I said, how would you like to go for an adventure? And he wasn't quite so sure, but I put him on my shoulders, and we started walking through the woods, and he didn't scream. <laughs> and we began to look together at some of the things that were in the woods. Now, as you know, to what we're aiming for here is not to be utterly without worry, a warrior will tell you, when they're in a battle, they are filled with fears. But, but somehow their mission is, is still one they seek to do. They're still able to, to live and focus on today in the midst of, of their worries. <clears throat> so the Lord says to you, oh, little faith. It's another way of saying he knows how vulnerable you are. And the dangers of tomorrow are, he, he, he shares those things with you. They are, the things that are important to you, they, they are important to him. And then he offers two summaries here. And one's just a little bit longer than the other. So the first summary. So don't worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Then he has... Few different, few different things he's going to say that continue to persuade us. One is those who, those who focus only on those things that are temporal, they have not had eyes to see that the King has pursued them 
from the foundations of life itself and brought them into his very kingdom. They don't see that. They, you know, they're, they're, they're frantically running around because they do not have one who cares for tomorrow. That's who the pagans are. That's who the, those, who, those, who, those who are not, those who are not with Jesus. Then he goes on a little bit more. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Isn't that precious? He is not minimizing the worries that you have. Some of the worries are, they, they seem like they're the big worries. They're the life and death worries. They're, they're the diagnoses that, that, that are pending. And, and, and you don't know what's going to happen to you or, or to those you love. Those seem like the weightier ones. But, uh, you know, homework assignment that, that, that might not be graded well. It seems lesser in comparison. Well, our, our, our own minds might do such a thing, but this is not the way of the kingdom. The way of the kingdom is the things that are important to you for tomorrow, they are important to the Lord. And your Father in heaven, he knows your concerns, responds with compassion. He knows, he knows your needs. Now he's going to make a little bit of a turn. And it's something like this. Because he is the one who cares for you tomorrow, he says, Okay, just like a little child who, who can't control tomorrow, focus on now. This is what he says. And, and he, he does it this way. But seek first. Have is what is most important, his kingdom, and the ways of Christ and his kingdom, his righteousness. Think first now. How can we be part and partners of the kingdom of heaven now. Not tomorrow, but, but now. And all these things will be given you as well. Because you have a father who cares about tomorrow. And because, because nothing now. Now that his kingdom has come, there is clearly nothing that can overturn his plans for us. We can trust tomorrow, and we have the privilege of considering today, right now, those things that are in front of us today. I had a, have a friend, Dave Pallison. Some of you might know of Dave. Dave deceased this past summer, a dear friend I worked with for many years. And, and after his diagnosis, I, I don't know what I would do if I had the diagnosis of stage four pancreatic cancer. After his diagnosis, the next day, he came to a meeting. I don't know, if, I don't know how many of us would consider such a thing. But you see what he was saying is, okay, what's in front of me? There's a meeting that's going to be planning for some things even a year out. A year out which would be, which would be happening after he died but you would have never known for a moment of, of his future because he was leading the discussion. He was, he, was, he, he was enthusiastic about discussion. He was contributing to the discussion. It's because this, he believed, was his calling now. So, so what is important? And where, where can our attention be drawn? Our attention goes out into tomorrow because we have a sense that that tomorrow night might not be handled the way we would like. And the passage goes on, and, and, and the Lord just keeps coming and coming, 
pleading and cajoling and, and asking you questions, reminding you that he is the one who brought you to his kingdom. And do you think for a moment that he's going to abandon your tomorrows now? And so he brings you to the present. And what's in the present? Possibilities are endless. For us now, the, the, the present is we want to listen to Jesus' words. We want to hear what they say. We want to hear the questions and we respond to the questions. That's present for us. Tomorrow, present, you know, this afternoon, present may be to enjoy the meal that, that you have rather than be eating it while, while your mind is, is distressed with other things. It might mean asking somebody to pray for you as, as you're already beginning to drift into the weak and, and the difficulties that lie in front of you. It tends to look like faith expressing itself in love right now with the person who is in front of us. So that is... That is the first summary Jesus gives. The second summary is, is, is much like it. It's a bit more succinct. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. It's sort of a strange way to put things. But what he's saying is, don't worry about tomorrow, because I will worry about tomorrow. We already know that from what he said. I will be the one to worry about tomorrow. Now, there's an image that is actually evoked in this short little summary. When, when, there's, when there's a comment about tomorrow and the inference about today, it's going back to a particular incident in Israel's history which might create a, a helpful image for us. And the image is the image of manna. Here are children, uh, the children of Israel in the desert. There is no food or drink. And what's going to happen tomorrow? And what he does is he rains manna. But what he does with the manna, it's, a, it's, it's an amazing system. He gives you the manna you need for now, for today. It doesn't give you enough for tomorrow. Otherwise, there'd be, no reason, there'd be no reason to trust him for tomorrow because you already have everything you need. And, and who, wants, who, who wants a lifestyle where we trust in ourselves while we're living life in the kingdom of heaven? Here's, here's what he says to you that he gives you manna for now. He gives you what you all the grace, that would be another word for it, all the grace that you need right now. And when you think about tomorrow, you're going to look outside and you're going to see that there's nothing on the ground for you to eat. But he cares for you. And tomorrow, the manna will show up again. And the next day, the manna will show up again. This is one of the images that that Jesus gives to you in this particular passage. What do we do? How do we respond? Here's one thought. Begin to construct a psalm. And as you see the psalms that, that are, in a sense, responses to Jesus' words here, the, the Psalms, they, they first identify the horror that is going on around them that might overtake them the very next day. If you go to the Psalms, the, 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 script, the Lord presumes that we have anxieties. Uh, they're, they're, they're not diminished. A Psalm will include 
your concerns about what is important to you and is at risk for tomorrow. Your psalm is going to speak those words to him, as, as so many of the psalms of David do when he considers the enemies that, that are all around. And then your psalm is, is going to do this. It's, see, instead of your fears or your worries being somehow segregated from your knowledge of Christ and your knowledge of this kingdom advancing and you being part of it, instead of that being segregated, what's going to happen is your confidence in Jesus is going to begin to merge with your fears. So fears no longer stand alone. Your psalm has fears all over it. Your psalm speaks worries and stresses to your God. But then you remember then you remember the one who has come close to you and has promised to never leave you, forsake you. Perhaps you, in your own psalm, you entertain that question, and are other ones more valuable to me than you? Are, are you somehow less significant in my eyes than, than birds or, or grass or even other people in your family? Perhaps you, you include that particular question in the psalm. And you don't know how to answer it, so you pray that the Lord would continue to persuade him, you of, of his faithful, loving care that comes out of a kingdom that has come. And then in your psalm, you can consider, now what? And you, and you can, as you consider now what, you, have, you, you can bring enthusiasm to the psalm that can say something like this, who are we, who am I, that you would allow me to be a partner with you in your very kingdom? And, and it doesn't have to be figuring out tomorrow. It's what is the kingdom up to right now in front of me? And what are the ways of God that somehow I can participate in, in, in whatever that God has put in front of us? So, a psalm. The psalm might be the way we respond. And, of course, to, since all of us struggle with these things, to speak about these things together, to, to talk about the passage, to consider what question jumped out at you as Jesus speaks these things again to us. To brainstorming together, what, are, what would it mean to look like a, a focus on now, even more than tomorrow, and a trust for tomorrow? What would it look like for that curious hybrid of, of fear and faith to commingle in your life, to speak about these things together? And there's, of course, one other thing we can do. We can come to the table. What a, what a perfect place to go where, where he continues to persuade us that he is the one whose care is eternal. It is not vacillating. His care for us, which, which encompasses tomorrow, is on his heart. And he is the living one who has it on his heart. So we can come to the table. Let me pray. Father, thank you for, thank you for these words. And, and maybe sometimes they seem like gobbledygook to us, but, but, but we, we're listening. And, and thank you for your gentleness, your patience. And may we, in our own versions of being little faiths, may we hear your voice and trust you. May we know of your care. It established 
at the cross and in the resurrection, which we're remembering. And then would you give us more and more skills to consider what is our mission now? May we grow in these things together in the name of Christ. Amen.